Hi, and welcome to the Open Licensed Music Podcast, the show where we highlight music from artists who let you share their music. I'm Ralph Waxworth, and today's episode is featuring steampunk music. A bunch of the songs this week have vocals, but there are also a bunch of instrumentals too. So, let's get started. Stop till I was through. 
up what to do more than just shine and I didn't fall outside the depth of my crime the most perfect invention that still kept impeccable time
That was a chunk of Durango Silverton Railroad, December 01, 24-bit, by Boiling Sand, which is available from Freesound and is licensed under an attribution license. If you ever get a chance to ride the Durango and Silverton, it is an excellent ride and well worth it to go see. After that was The Watchmaker's Apprentice by The Clockwork Quartet, which is available from their website at clockworkquartet.com and is licensed under an attribution, non-commercial, share-alike license. Then we had Fig Leaf Rag, Distressed, by Kevin McLeod, which is available from Incompetech.com and is licensed under an attribution license. Next up was Battle in the Sky, a steampunk orchestra by Walid Fagali, and 18th Century by Nicholas Stagfall, which are both available from SoundCloud and are licensed under an attribution non-commercial license. After that was Epic Orchestral Piece by Stephen O'Brien, and The Clockwork City 1214 by David Cordero Chang, which are both available from SoundCloud and are licensed under an attribution license. And finishing up was Frost Waltz by Kevin McLeod, which is available from Incompetech.com and is licensed under an attribution license. Although I'm a big fan of open licensing, I also very much enjoy music from artists who are either independent or on labels which kind of buck the trend of seemingly the majority of the mainstream music industry and actually like the fact that they have people listening to their music. And with steampunk music, although I can't play it on here, there is a lot of really good stuff either direct published or on small labels. A few songs I can heartily recommend listening to include Airship Pirate by Abney Park, Stevenson by The Men That Will Not Be Blamed For Nothing, who actually released a version of that album on Wax Cylinder, All Hail the Chap by Mr. B. The Gentleman Rhymer, I Want Only You by The Cog Is Dead, Just Glue Some Gears On It And Call It Steampunk by Sir Reginald Pike Devent Esquire, Roustabout by Beats Antique, and Lament for a Toy Factory by Dr. Steele. Most of this week's music was chosen for a mechanical sound rather than anachronistic style combinations. Stuff that just sounded to me like it went well with a slow-speed reciprocating engine. Not everyone considers the same thing steampunk music, since it's not a particularly well-defined genre, but this kind of thing falls pretty squarely into that category for me. Everything's fine all along the line I've been working on the railroad All the live long day I've been working on the railroad Just to pass the time away, away Can't you hear the whistle blowing Rise up so early in the morn Can't you hear the captain shouting Can't you hear the whistle, woo, 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 rise up, man, I hate getting up. 
Can't you hear the captain shouting? Get to work, get to work, yes I'll be working on the railroad all day. Live long day.
That was a chunk of Steam Train Interior by All H, which is available from Freesound and is licensed under the CC0 license. After that was Railroad by Jake Tickner, and Adam Hub Toolshed Contextual Demo by Walid Figali, which are both available from SoundCloud and are licensed under an attribution license. Then we had Tim Reed for Miniatures for Violin and Cello Duo, Excerpt 1 by Tim Reed, which is available from SoundCloud and is licensed under an attribution non-commercial license. Next up was Clockwork Symphony by Sirius, and finishing up was 04 Garden in Italy, the Archive Box Stereochemistry by Stereochemistry Music, which are both available from SoundCloud and are licensed under an attribution license. Today's app of the day is OpenTTD, a transportation network simulator where your job is to build a system of road, rail, air, and ship routes to connect together towns and industries to move people and goods around the map in the most efficient way possible. It's a little like if you took the transportation components of a city simulator and extended it into its own game. For example, not only do you build train stations and tracks, but the terrain of the tracks will slow down your trains if they hit a hill. You also have to do regular maintenance on your vehicles, and even build their routes and schedules. I'll admit I'm pretty terrible at playing it, partially due to my propensity to overuse trains instead of other forms of transportation, but I still have a lot of fun playing it. It's available for Linux, BSD, OpenSolaris and OpenIndiana, Amiga OS and MorphOS, BOS and Haiku, OS2, RiskOS, Android, PalmOS, Symbian, Nintendo DS, Wii, PSP, Apple iOS, Mac OS X, MS-DOS, and Microsoft Windows. Download it today at OpenTTD.org. Now for a short non-commercial break from one of our non-sponsors, followed by more music. At the captain's summons, two crewmen came to help us put on these heavy, waterproof clothes, made from seamless India rubber and expressly designed to bear considerable pressures. They were like suits of armor that were both yielding and resistant, you might say. These clothes consisted of jacket and pants. The pants ended in bulky footwear adorned with heavy lead soles. The fabric of the jacket was reinforced with copper mail that shielded the chest, protected it from the water's pressure, and allowed the lungs to function freely. The sleeves ended in supple gloves that didn't impede hand movements. These perfected diving suits, it was easy to see, were a far cry from such misshapen costumes as the cork breastplates, leather jumpers, seagoing tunics, barrel helmets, etc., invented and acclaimed in the 18th century. Consai and I were soon dressed in these diving suits, as were Captain Nemo and one of his companions, a Herculean type who must have been prodigiously strong. All that remained was to encase one's head in its metal sphere. But before proceeding with this operation, I asked the captain for permission to examine the rifles set aside for us. One of the Nautilus's men presented me with a streamlined rifle whose butt was boilerplate steel, hollow inside and of fairly large dimensions. This served as a tank for the compressed air, which a trigger-operated valve could release into the metal chamber. In a groove where the butt was heaviest, a cartridge clip held some twenty electric bullets that by means of a spring, automatically took their places in the barrel of the rifle. As soon as one shot had been fired, another was ready to go off. Captain Nemo, I said, this is an ideal, easy-to-use weapon. I ask only to put it to the test. But how will we reach the bottom of the sea? Right now, Professor, the Nautilus is aground in ten meters of water, and we've only to depart. But how will we set out? You'll see. 
Captain Nemo inserted his cranium into its spherical headgear. Conseil and I did the same, but not without hearing the Canadian toss us a sarcastic, Happy hunting! On top, the suit ended in a collar of threaded copper onto which the metal helmet was screwed. Three holes, protected by heavy glass, allowed us to see in any direction with simply a turn of the head inside the sphere. Placed on our backs, the roquet roll device went into operation as soon as it was in position, and for my part, I could breathe with ease. The rump-corf lamp hanging from my belt, my rifle in hand, I was ready to go forth. But in all honesty, while imprisoned in these heavy clothes and nailed to the deck by my lead soles, it was impossible for me to take a single step. But this circumstance had been foreseen, because I felt myself propelled into a little room adjoining the wardrobe. Towed in the same way, my companions went with me. I heard a door with watertight seals close after us, and we were surrounded by profound darkness. After some minutes, a sharp hissing reached my ears. I felt a distinct sensation of cold rising from my feet to my chest. Apparently, a stopcock inside the boat was letting in water from outside, which overran us and soon filled up the room. Contrived in the Nautilus's side, a second door then opened. We were lit by a subdued light. An instant later, our feet were treading the bottom of the sea. Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea by Jules Verne Translated by F. P. Walter this is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org.
The night was mighty dark so you could hardly see For the moon refused to shine To shine Couple sitting underneath the willow tree For the love they pine Maid was afraid out of darkness so she said I guess I'll go Boy began to sigh Looked up at the sky Told the moon his little tale of woe Give the guy a break and shine on Shine on harvest moon Up in the sky I ain't had no love since April, May or June or July Time to stay outdoors and spoon. So shine on, shine on, harvest moon for me and my gal. Oh, Mr. Moon, won't you shine a little light right down on us while we cuddle in the night? I love her and me, oh my. We haven't even kissed since the middle of July It's no time, it ain't no time to spoon And who wants to wait until next June? So shine on, oh you harvest moon For me and my gal Shine on harvest moon, shine every night in June Shine for me and my gal Thank you. 
Is out to a 
Bridge Old Machine Room by the London Sound Survey, which is available from SoundCloud and is licensed under an attribution non-commercial license. After that was Concerns by AKA Jewels and Monumental by LED Jones Musics, which are both available from Gemendo and are licensed under an attribution non-commercial share alike license. Then we had Prelude Number no. 7 in A Major, Opus 2G on a crappy old out-of-tune upright piano by Stephen O'Brien which is available from SoundCloud and is licensed under an attribution license. Next up was Shine on Harvest Moon by Nora Bays and Jack Norworth, and performed by Bill Cram singing with himself, which is available from SoundCloud and is licensed under an attribution non-commercial share-alike license. After that was Ain't Nobody's Business by Porter Granger and Everett Robbins, and performed by Cryan D.T. Bufkin, which is available from SoundCloud and is licensed under an attribution license. Finishing up was Steampunk Girl by John Anilio, which is available from his website at johnanilio.com and is licensed under an attribution non-commercial license. So, that's all for today. Remember, piracy of commercial music only proves your dependence on that model and justifies further censorship and restriction, so don't pirate it. Replace it with something better. Listen to open licensed music, donate to the artists behind it, go to concerts, and buy music from artists whose record labels don't see you as their enemies. Support artists where your support actually counts. 
This episode was made using Gentoo Linux, Zubuntu Linux, Audacity, Audacious for Organizing Playlists, and Leafpad for Notes, and is licensed under the Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Share Alike License. Feel free to give it to your friends, or if you didn't like it, your enemies. Links to the songs in this podcast are available on the website. Listen in next time for some Celtic music. See ya!